God is good. And all the time. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, we come this morning thanking you for your goodness, for your gratefulness, for your gracefulness, in which touches our lives, uh, convicts our lives, uh, empowers and nurtures our lives. Lord, as we come on this Labor Day weekend, we give you thanks for uh, rest from labor and for those who continue to labor. Uh, to make all that we do and all that we have possible. But Lord, this morning especially, we come to thank you for your son Jesus, uh, for his presence in our life uh, that encourages our journey, and for the gifts that you offer us, Lord, that can make our journey and your kingdom a reality for others. Lord, I pray that you set me aside and speak clearly to us this morning. In your name, amen. One day, the great and powerful ruler Alexander the Great was walking along the roadside and passed a beggar who presumptuously and boldly asked the leader for help. Well, Alexander actually stopped and offered the beggar, who was obviously in need and poverty, some gold coins. A man who was walking along with Alexander the Great was caught off guard. He said, Sir, do you realize that the needs of the beggar would, be, would have been met just with copper coins. And Alexander, in his convincing way, looked at the man and said, Yes, maybe copper coins would suit the beggar's needs, but gold coins suits Alexander's giving. What suits your giving? What suits your giving? What is your giving all about. I think today's text from the gospel begins to offer and share with us. Here we are on this fifth Sunday in which we've been seeing how we can better and strengthen our relationship with God, that we look today at extravagant generosity. We started with radical hospitality, intentional faith development, risk-taking mission and service, passionate worship, and now what is our giving about? What is extravagant generosity? So join me in our scripture from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. Online, I hope you'll join us this morning. For those here, take your devices, take your Bibles, and let us read together God's Word. Matthew 25, beginning at verse 14. For it is as if a man, going on a journey, summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away, and the one who had received five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things, and I have you in charge, and I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. 
And the one with the two talents also came forward and said, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, you wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And on return, I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who had ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The word of God for us, the children of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. Bishop Snazy tells us that extravagant generosity describes the practice of giving and sharing that exceeds all expectations. Extravagant generosity describes the practice of giving and sharing that exceeds all expectations. There's a group of boys who were in a Sunday school class, or in the class and they had a great teacher. And the teacher wanted to share them about giving and sharing. And one day a missionary was coming to town. And so the teacher gathered the boys and thought, hey, what can we do for the missionary? She said, what if we gave the missionary a million dollars? Man, these boys got excited. Woo, woo, yeah, right, yeah, let's do it. She said, well, I guess in reality, why don't we give the missionary $100,000? Yeah, all right, woo, let's do it. She said, well, I guess probably in reality, why don't we give the missionary $1,000? And they were excited, not quite as excited, but still excited. And then she said, you know what? What if each one of us here in this room give the missionary $1? And a little boy said, oh, no, 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 we can't do that. And the teacher looked at Billy and said, why not? And Billy said, because I have $1. Extravagant generosity is giving up that dollar to another who has a greater need than we do. Extravagant generosity is giving because we know that gift will be multiplied numerous times in the recipient's life and those who are touched by the recipient's life and the ministry in which it was given. We see this example in today's scripture lesson of the talents Jesus is telling us a parable of what the kingdom of heaven will be like. So there was a master who gave to one slave how many talents? Five, and to another, and to another. And the one with five talents invested those talents and came up with how many more? Five Five more, so he had ten, and the one with two talents did what? Invested it, doubled it. How many did he have? 
And then the one with one talent, what did he do? Barry didn't have any more talents that he have. None, and he had one total talent to return. I think there's three brief lessons we can share this morning. One is we have different gifts. One is we need to be about using our gifts. And three is that we will be held accountable to how we use those gifts. We have different gifts. We need to be about using those gifts, and we'll be held accountable in how we use those gifts. We have different gifts. We are created as different people. What matters is not what the gift is, what the gift looks like, how much the gift is, but how the gift is used. Our gifts may not be equal in our eyes, but they should be equal in our efforts to use them for the glory of God and for the benefit of others. We have different gifts, but we should be about using our gifts. We should never stop using our gifts. What happened to the servant who was, excuse me, the servant who used the talents faithfully, what happened to the one servant who only had the one talent? What happened to that talent? Where did it go? It went to the one who had ten talents. Now, that's hard to, to see. Why, why would that one who had ten be given this one? It was not given as a gift. It wasn't given as a bonus. It wasn't given as something to take and go use and celebrate. He had been faithful with the five that he had been given. So he was entrusted knowing that he would be faithful for this one to go and multiply it and use it to help others. We have different gifts, and we should be about using those gifts, and we'll be held accountable for how we use our gifts or our talents. If you don't use it, you lose it. Where does that come from? Sports. Where have you heard that? Sports. Sports team, right? A coach said that to you. If you don't use it, Jeff said that, Tim. Is that what? Oh, the use. Your mother said that. We'll give your mother credit for that one. We won't ask what it was about, but that's, that's all right, too. If you don't lose it, if you don't use it, you lose it. Maybe it's tennis. Maybe it's baseball. Maybe it's swimming. Maybe it's uh, uh, even a gift of music or using a musical gift or how many other gifts that we have. Did you know that that also applies to our money? It applies even to our non-monetary gifts that can be used to help others. That's why when we give ourselves and our money away in extravagant generosity to the service of God and others, you know what seems to happen? It grows. It multiplies. How we spend our money reveals not just the type of people we are, but the type of people we will become. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 21, Where a treasure is, there your heart will be also. So extravagant generosity is not about our money. What's it about? I gave you a hint earlier. What's it about? It's our heart. It's about our heart. Extravagant generosity is not about the support of this church. It's about doing the kingdom work of building up the kingdom for Jesus Christ 
and for all who have created, who have been created and called to do. You're invited to live in extravagant generosity, not because the church wants to be object of that generosity, but because it will change you. Because it will change your life. If we put our treasure, even our money, into our faith, our hearts will follow it there. The church is one way through which this happens. For we are a group of people. We're on the same team. We're practicing the same skill. Today it's extravagant generosity. And we're supporting each other along the journey. It's not about us, y'all. It is about God, and it's about our relationship with God. Thus, we must empty ourselves of whatever stands between us and God and prevents us from being the loving people that God calls us and equips us to be. God's paved the way. In Philippians chapter 2, a powerful book and a powerful chapter, Paul reminds us of how Jesus emptied himself. Though he was God, though Jesus was God, he did not think equality of God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privilege, took the humble position of a slave, and was born as a human being. Jesus has not only been a living, walking on earth example of emptying himself, but is one through his sacrifice, the sacrifice of his life on a cross, that showed us the way of how we too can empty ourselves. There's an 80-year-old man who was planting a tree. A friend came by and saw what he was doing and wondered, you know, what type of tree he was planting. He said, oh, it's a peach tree. I love peach trees. Anybody else love peaches? I love peach trees, he said. The friend looked at him and said, that's such a small tree. It's, it'll take years for it to grow. You probably won't even be around when that tree really starts producing fruit. And the man said, you're right. For somebody came before me and planted peach trees that I today can enjoy eating all the peaches that I want. So I'm planting a peach tree that someone else might come along and enjoy peaches that they like, they desire, they might want in the future. You get the story. Each of us here. Every single one of us can name people and things that they have done that we have received a benefit from. I hope there's people of the faith that we've also received that benefit from. They've planted seeds. They produce fruits. Fruits that this church, that our family, our community have benefited from and enjoyed. But if we just eat the fruit, if we just eat the fruit, if we just eat the fruit and don't plant any seeds, then what's going to happen? Eventually, the fruit will run out. So, Emmanuel, here's our charge to be about planting seeds. And for the past five weeks, we've talked about five different varieties. You remember them? Radical hospitality. Intentional what? 
faith development, risk-taking, mission and service, passionate worship. Say it like you mean it. Come on. <laughs> and today, extravagant generosity. So which one will you plant? Which variety will you be about? Maybe more than one. Which one will you nurture that others might come along and receive the fruit and enjoy the benefits? You know, when we go to God, we expect God to deliver. When we pray to God, we sure hope God's listening, right? We, we hope He answers us, and we realize that maybe it's in His own timing. Well, God has entrusted each of us with gifts, with talents, provided us with a great church community. So what can God expect of you? What can God expect of you and you? and me. Let us start by giving ourselves away. Let us start by being extravagantly generous with all we have. And when we give out of our need to give, rather than what is needed, we'll experience transformation. And others will receive a fruit that has been produced to the glory of God, that is satisfying like nothing we've tasted before. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen.